0: the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
1: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track, over his head. And over the wall. Do you believe that?
0: And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. bomb out there by the
1: rocks and boy oh boy this third inning is now showtime
0: it is a judging blast all rise here comes the judge join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments we have you covered spend your afternoon with us next from the town only on acecast live Here's Chris Townsend.
2: Speaking of humidors, they must have a lot of humidors in Iowa, the way the ball was flying out last night. Or let's just say wasn't flying out last night. We will get to the Field of Dreams game. Um, I must have been watching a different game. I think mean, there's no question about it. I was watching a different game than what I heard today from the national media. But this is what we got going today. Bobby Crosby, Midland manager, former A's shortstop and rookie of the year, is going to be here at 2.30. This skipper of your Oakland Athletics, Mark Kotze, is going to be here at 3. And then Robert Ford, play-by-play man for the Houston Astros, is going to be here at at 3.30. So, great guest for you once again here on A's Cast Live. Commander, how are you?
3: Good. Uh, you were talking about the Field of Dreams game. I watched the first couple innings before I went and watched our minor league team. Stockton playing San Jose, and yeah, the balls were flying out of the ballpark. It was a good game.
2: By the way, you like my Baseball Hall of Fame coffee mug? Uh,
3: Cooper Sound's a great town. I mean, I haven't been there in thirty or 30, 20 years, but my,
2: my mother got this on one of our trips years ago. We'll show it to you if you're watching on Twitter or on YouTube. Great merch, as we like to talk about here on Ace Cast Live. Unbelievable merch. By the way, this series has gotten very interesting from a standpoint of, because I know you're saying this is interesting, The A's and the Astros have been interesting this year. The Athletics are 6-6 against the Astros. They've won four straight against. Remember, they got that win before the All-Star break and then came out and swept them in a three-game set. But here is what's, I think, very interesting. Houston has the fourth easiest remaining schedule. The only teams that have an easier schedule, and it matters for them, is the Cardinals. Well, the Reds is third easiest. Then it goes Cardinals, Mariners. Now, Mariners, that means something. They're in the playoff race. Uh, Cardinals, same thing as right now. They have leapfrogged the Milwaukee Brewers. And they lead in the Central. So that means something. And it means something for the A's also. Why? Because they can play spoiler. And the reason why the Astros have the fourth easiest schedule, it's because they got the A's on the schedule a lot. So they're basically saying, hey, Houston can cruise. Why? Because they got the A's. Not so fast, my friend. As like we said, the A's have won four straight against the Houston Astros, and I'm really torn about this information I'm going to give you next. Because now it is, I think I think it's safe to say that as of right now, we can see the finish line. We're we're in August, and you're going to blink. It's September. It's call ups. That, that the haves and the have-nots. They've we have separated. It is what it is. Now everybody's battling to get in the postseason. You're battling to win your division. I mean, we got tight races, man. Stop looking at the East and the West. Cleveland is only a game and a half up on Minnesota, three and a half games up on the White Sox. That means a whole lot of wild card invested in that. Like we said, Mariners invested in the wild card. Then you go to the East In the National League, I know New York has a seven-game lead, but that can be made up like that. They've won six in a row to get that seven-game lead. New York's one bad weekend away, and the Braves are one good weekend, plus they play each other head-to-head. That division is not done yet. My beloved Philadelphia Phillies are still in this thing, for sure, in the wild card.
3: No no, uh, Schwarber tonight for them, though, versus the Mets.
2: And I, I don't know what you can, Bryce Harper, coming back from a broken broken wrist. I don't know. Um, Milwaukee, only a half game back of St. Louis. So that's division and wild card. And then you got all kinds of wild cards still going on with the Padres. And that division blown out by now. L.A. Uh, LA's only won 10 in a row. And they have a 16-game lead over Juan Soto, the greatest athlete in American sports history, as someone have has – he's been sold as the greatest athlete. Move over, Bo Jackson. Move over, Carl Lewis. Move over, Bruce Jenner. Yes, I said it. As greatest athlete, all-around athlete, Juan Soto's greatest athlete this country's ever seen. Michael Jordan, get out of here. LeBron might be the greatest athlete we've ever seen. LeBron compared to Juan Soto? That's dumb. You'd never have that conversation.
3: Uh, Juan Soto is actually hitting well for the Padres, but – uh... Well,
2: he better. He's been dubbed the greatest human being. I mean, Juan Soto is so great, he might be the first president of the United States to not be born in the United States. They may change the rule that you don't have to be born in the United States and be an American citizen to make Juan Soto. It'll be the campaign to get Soto back in D.C. I can see it now. Soto
3: is a Padre, 357 batting average, at 1,078 OPS, six walks, three strikeouts. You're 16 games back. And uh, one home run. Yeah, yeah great. But like you said, you can't walk your way past L.A.
2: Ain't going to happen, but whatever. But what's, make, what's, what's interesting about this series this weekend, as I know you think, how is Townsend really going to sell this? This is how I'm going to sell it. It's the race of the two big boys the two superpowers, that would be the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. I am on record here. I talked a big game back in the day about it. I'm not sure if you kept it. Do you remember when we were in New York? Was that in June? Uh, yeah, June. Did you kept the audio of me predicting the Yankees will not make the world series.
3: Yeah. I have that audio. So okay. I don't, I don't have it saved. Like on the, I have it saved. On my, you have that. Hard, It's on my hard drive. Yeah.
2: You had that because last time I checked, uh, the, the Yankees had won the world series in June. Is that correct?
3: Uh, correct. And Aaron judge was the MVP.
2: Well, I will say he still is yeah. the, no, oh, no,
3: for sure. What does he have? 45 home runs. You now? want
2: the stats on him? It's stupid. Yeah,
3: but 45 home runs now. So he's what? 16 away from tying Roger Maris. When do they play today? Uh, well, Probably, probably at 4 our time. I'll pull up their schedule. I don't even know who they're playing. Uh, the Yankees are playing. Oh, here you go. Yankees Red Sox. Yankees Red Sox in Fenway. Yeah,
2: you the know, thing is, I will give Juan Soto this. Juan Soto has bumped the Yankees Red Sox on television constantly.
3: Guess what's on MLB Network tonight? Is it? Yankee, Yankees. Red well, now
2: is it the Apple TV game? Is no, Padres no. Nats or something like that? Uh, let's see. Because Juan Soto's going back to DC. And MLB, MLB Radio on Sirius XM. Yep.
3: It's Apple TV. Yeah,
2: they're pumping that up today.
3: Yeah. Re- Yankee- By the way,
2: who is who is uh, just to give you folks a little insight? MLB Radio on XM. Love the channel. I listen to it all day. So I'm either that or MLB Network. But soon, NFL Network, my other love. Starts we, tonight for the Niners. You'll be back.
3: Niners. Trey Lance starts tonight. Throwing what? That there.
2: That's tonight?
3: Tonight. Packers, 5 o'clock.
2: Don't care. How many snaps will Aaron Rodgers play? He said I, well,
3: he had a quote out there playing in the preseason. Is dumb or something like that, so he's not even going to play.
2: How many series will Trey Lance get?
3: Uh, he's playing, get from what I've heard from Kyle Shanahan, He's going, to play, he's going to play games one and three, sit out game two. So, who knows?
2: Good luck. All right. Aaron Judge. I don't know. You tell me if this is MVP. Aaron Judge has hit a major league best 45 home runs. That's pretty good. He's batting 400, 12 home runs, 29 RBIs, and scored 20 runs in 19 games since the All-Star break. Uh, that's Hall of Fame or Hall of Fame.
3: That's MVP worthy.
2: And for 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 you bozos, and I and I say that tongue in cheek, who think Otani's the MVP because he pitches and hits. I've got guys like this to my right who have been telling me all these years that war matters. Well, if war matters, Judge's war is higher than both Otani's war. Hitting and pitching combined, Judge playing center field, a premium defensive position, and hitting home runs every night, is more valuable than a guy who maybe pitches once every five days in DHs. I, I'm not a I'm not the sabermetrics guy. I'm not attending any saber. Uh, any Sabre convention time soon, but if you're going to tell me war is, hey, that's the one we can all agree on and look at, it says your overall game. Aaron Judge's overall war as a position player is by far higher than as Otani as a, we call him a two-way player. I actually think, and I'm not trying to denigrate him, but I, I actually think we should put it as it really is. He's a starting pitcher, who doesn't give you a ton of innings, who's not reliable to go every five days, and a DH.
3: Yeah, they're, are they still using the six-man
2: rotation? No, but that's what they started out yeah. with.
3: Well, that's what the Astros are going to start using with McCullers coming back,
2: too. But but that that's what he is. He's not a, you know, people who don't follow this closely want to make him out like he's Verlander on the mound and judge at the plate. And that's not the case. Yeah, he's good
3: on he's good on the mound, and but he, I mean, if you think away his batting, he's, guy,
2: he's 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 five six innings.
3: Well, most guys are five yeah, six innings. Five now. six <laughs> innings.
2: I mean, I'm not getting, I'm not getting, I'm not okay. I just he's I'm not getting Verlander.
3: No, you're not getting uh, Sandy, our good friend Sandy in Miami. Alcantara,
2: Sandy Alcantara, say it with me. Alcantara. There you go. So yeah, you're not getting that kind of production. You're getting you're getting a lot of strikeouts for five six innings and a DH. It's incredible, and I hope we see more of it. But he's not Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the MVP right now. Well, do you think he'll get to sixty sixty two?
3: Yeah, I think so too. And it's going to take over. And television. you know
2: why? Do You know why I want it to happen? Oh, you know, for the, the for the Giants fans, admit about the. Oh, uh, bonds. the whole Bonds things comes. Oh, it's going to be so great. A's fans, bask in the hate with me. A's fans, just come into my world and feel me here. I'm at the bottom of the – I'm the cockroach of the sea. I'm the lobster of baseball. I'm the cockroach <laughs> of the sea. I'm at the bottom of the ski. I'm the scavenger just sitting here waiting because my day is going to come judge hits 62 and then the new york media is gonna come and the soft-ass san francisco media won't know how to handle it and here comes the big bad new york media and they're gonna be like bonds is a cheater you can put him on the Wall of Fame. You can re- they didn't retire his jersey, right? I'm pretty sure they did. Did they? I, w- I was there. They, it was four re- years ago. You can retire his jersey. You can act like he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a cheater, and our guy isn't. I'm speaking as the New York media, by. Our guy isn't. Our guy gets drug tested. Our guy did it the right way. Our guy is the home run champ, Barry Bonds. You deserve it. The asterisk is coming back. They're gonna want an asterisk, they're gonna call him a cheater, and what are you gonna do? What 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 it what what what's the San Francisco Chronicle gonna do? What is NBC Sports Bay Area? What's KNBR gonna do? What's the soft San Francisco media? You gonna stand up to New York? They're gonna run over the San Francisco Bay Area media like a steamroller. And they're but he's our guy, but he did it. You can't take it away from him. Yeah, they're gonna take it away from him. The New York media is gonna come with their eight million writers and their all the bloggers, all the people who come the Yankees, Yankee Yes Network. Oh, the MLB Network, which basically is an extension of the Yankees' Yes Network. MLB <laughs> Network's going to come down on you. And what are you going to come back with? My man, John Shea? John Shea is a great man and a great writer. He can't stand up alone. Alone. What? What? You're gonna br- who are you going to bring? KMBR? Oh, what? 95-7 the game, who now all of a sudden everybody became giant fans over there? They're going to take on MLB Network? Come on. Stop it. I can't wait, Aaron Judge. I'm rooting for you because it's gonna expose so many people in our area. And yes, this cockroach at the bottom of the sea is just gonna be. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like a lobster on, on my back, just laughing, just laughing. It's gonna be great. But with that said, back to the point. As they say, always get back on what you're. Get back on the road. Yeah. Veered off. Back on the road. What's important about this series? Astros now have the best record over the Yankees. No one saw that coming. No one saw that coming. It's here. I have to believe or prepare for doom and gloom, which would be Yankees, Astros, ALCS. Hate them both. Probably won't be able to watch that series without vomiting. But there's a good chance that will happen. For the Astros, and this is why the A's can play spoilers, is that the Astros, you you give the Astros home field advantage, even though that World Series that they lost to the Nats, they won every road game. Correct. But at home, the Astros have beaten the Yankees six out of seven in the postseason. A lot of the same players. You're talking about the lot of same guy. The Mojo's the Mojo. You rather be at home and play in your dome where you're comfortable in front of your fans than be playing what's the ALCS? That's like that's now late October.
3: Yeah. Um Ugh. Uh, mid to late, yeah. I think they're still trying to finish the season for November this year.
2: I but. hey, I'll just tell you this. You're not like – you're You're not like you're, – you're not fired up to play in late October outside in the Northeast. I would
3: say especially in New York.
2: Yeah, I mean, whether it's Boston, New York, you got no roof. I'd rather be at home in my dome, retractable roof, with all my fans, and that's what the Astros have worked for. They've reeled in the Yankees. And they want the Yankees at home to where – the Astros in recent memory, they've lost 4-7 on the road at Yankee Stadium in postseason games. So the A's do have a chance to play spoiler and maybe send the Astros to Yankee Stadium or help send the Astros to Yankee Stadium, which either way, I don't care. I wish they both would lose. I just, in this scenario, I can't find a way where they both lose. Now, the Astros have not been playing great. They're below 500 in the last 17 games, 8-9 record. And that includes 26, 27, uh, what was it, the 25th, 26, 27th when the A's swept them. And this series is now tied at six apiece. So you'd think, you, you think they'd be getting dominated. They're not. So it's time for the A's to play spoiler, but I'll tell you what. One thing that has to happen, I'll tell you right now. You got to hit with runners in scoring position. It was an embarrassment in those five games. I, I hate to tell you about the math. I've done the math, and you know if you've watched this show long enough, I don't like math. The math is not good of what the A's were with runners in scoring position. Do you by any chance know, Commander, what it was in the in the five games? Um, yes. Um,
3: if I saw it correctly, and I think you might have mentioned it, was it four for 40?
2: No. Worse. Four for 44. Four for 44. Now, I can sit here and tell you Jordan Alvarez is struggling. The great power hitter hitting a buck 46, 12 strikeouts in the last 11 games new shortstop Jeremy Penez batting a buck 18 last 13 games. I can give you this guy struggling for the Astros. Michael Brantley, the great outfielder is done for the year as he had shoulder surgery on his right shoulder. I can give you issues. But man, you're you're 4 for 44 with runners in scoring position. 4 for 44. You know what? I'm just going to bust out the old batting average calculator. I didn't do the bat. I forgot to do this. Four for 44. What do you think that is? One what? Uh, If you do
3: four divided by 44, it's
2: 0.09090909. It's .091. (laughs) Not good. They hit 91 with runners in scoring position during the homestand. Ninety-one. The A's during the time of their five-game losing streak, were outscored 24-12. to We once were bragging about Elvis. Remember that? Yeah, he was playing, he was playing really well. Yeah, he's in a buck-18 during that time. Sky Bolt, buck-05 in the last eight games.
3: He was starting to come around, too. Remember all the talk about, oh, maybe he's finally starting to figure it
2: out, and And i tell you a guy that I love to death. I love to death. This guy has been a human highlight reel for the Oakland Athletics. I've been a big fan of his for for a long time. I think he's kind of been um, part of the heart and soul of this team when the team was going good. But there's a problem. And I don't want to speak ill of him. But at some point, we got to be honest. Ramon Laureano's not getting it done. Ramon Laureano in his last 16 games, he's hitting a buck 83, 19 strikeouts, and I just start thinking about Ramon Laureano. This This was a very important year for him. A he was to get traded and move on and go somewhere else in his career. That was one option. The other option was, and really probably the bigger thing overall, was to prove that the PED thing didn't matter. Because like all players, I don't know how this happened, and, you know, put this behind me. I mean – how many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard? Didn't know. Wow, I'm sorry. I should have been more careful. Ramon Loriano was an anabolic steroid. That's not. That's not like. Oh, I got a tainted pill at GNC. That's no. And all of those. I, I, I am not I, – I, we used to be really up on this and talk about it all the time. It, it's been a long time since I've cared. Have we had one player in recent memory? I mean, this is the – baseball's drug testing. I remember reading about how there's the uh, – the Olympic testing is done at uh, UCLA Medical, and it's like the top notch in the world. Like baseball's like on par with that like to think that you got I take pills. We all take pills, right? It's like I took this thing from GNC that's trying to help my testosterone and just all of a sudden I'm now test well those those pills that they sell in GNC are not technically real testosterone that people inject or whatever that you have to have a doctor You have to get prescription. It's not legal, over-the-counter. You know, stuff that you get at GM. You can't say, I went into Rite Aid and got something. I was taking this, and I didn't. The great Steve Usinich said it. Now that he's retired, I can use his name. The great Steve Usinich said it. Everything you possibly need is in this clubhouse. Everything. Anything you need legally. Everything that's in that clubhouse tonight for the Astros and the A's, pick a game, go into the clubhouse. I'm just going to turn the page. Ready? Brewers-Cardinals, anything in the Brewers-Cardinals clubhouse that's tonight, that's at their game, is legal and has been approved by Major League Baseball. So you need something, an inflammatory, you need something to pick you up, anything that you need, anything to get you going to help you out, get rid of inflation, make you feel better, get rid of your headache, get rid of jet lag. Anything you need is in that clubhouse. Legal. That Major League Baseball has approved. So anybody that goes outside of Major League Baseball and buys something and takes it, test positive, and they take the bottle and they go, oh, it was this, and it you weren't taking that. The testing's too good. This is world-class drug testing. These are drugs that are being taken that are not legal by Major League Baseball standards. And the problem with Ramon Laureano is he's following up his his suspension for PEDs with a two twenty five average, 12 home runs, 28 RBIs. Let's see what the OPS is. See, look at my Wi-Fi is not too. Look how fast that is, Commander. Uh, OPS of 7.07. Ramon Laureano is, how old is he? 28 years old. Check his birthday. This was the year. This is his prime. He just turned 28 last month, July 15th. This is his prime. This is his chance to show the world and his chance to make the most possible money he can is right now. To set himself up. And really would be to set himself up to get traded to another team. And Ramon Laureano's hitting two twenty five with a seven oh seven OPS. I mean, I, I, I could make a case it's the most disappointing uh, uh, of all. Because, once again, love him. Absolutely love him. I mean, he has been a big rock for our ball club for a long time and would love to see Ramon Laureano do Ramon Laureano things. Because let's face it, he he's a baller. When he was going right, what he was doing in the outfield, hitting bombs and doing everything that he... Ramon Laureano was awesome. But this has been a struggle. So, you've got X amount of games left, and the reality is it's time to play spoiler against the Astros, and it's time for guys. Cal Stevenson, we haven't even mentioned him yet. How big was that? Comes over in the trade for Christian Bethencourt and gets his first hit in his second at bat. He had good at bats too. It's not like he went
3: up there. I know he struck it in the Great first at at-bat. bats. It was, a, but he went down swinging on a foul tip and a regular bat. Even though his last at bat where he grounded out at the end of the game, it was still a good at bat. Like you got to be impressed with him, and he's a guy in the, who played only a few games in Vegas, but he had more walks and strikeouts, and that's a positive in the right direction for how things have gone this year.
2: No doubt about it. Do we have Bobby? We do. Bobby, how are you? It's Chris Towns, and welcome to A's Cast Live. How are you? Good
4: Johnny, how you doing?
2: We're doing great and, and you know what it's like to you make your debut. How about I don't know if you got to see Cal Stevens's debut, but he's from Fremont just south of Oakland. His whole family was there. They had a whole sign that spelled out his name and in his second at bat, he gets that base hit and then no longer are you chasing that. Just if you remember back what that moment was like for you.
4: Yeah, it was incredible. I actually had to wait a whole offseason to get my first hit. Uh, when I got called up in September, I went 0 for 12. Oh. So, uh, you know, I had to wait the whole offseason. The second game of the year, I got my first hit. So, yeah, it was a little bit tougher for me having to wait so long. But, uh, you know, it's always fun to kind of see guys get it out of the way and go out and play.
2: Yeah, and just talk about at this time with this organization where we've been talking about it, whether it's this show or I've been talking about on the post game show, Oakland is the land of opportunity. If you're a young player, you've been drafted by the A's, or you come over in one of these trades, whether it's for Chapman, Olsen, Montas, whatever the trade, you know, we just saw it with Cal. We just saw it with J.P. Sears taking them out. We've seen it with Zach Logue earlier. Just talk about how coming here, whether they're going to play for you or Fran Reardon at AAA, man, you got a chance to make the big leagues.
4: Yeah, I mean, these guys know it. They know they have an opportunity. Um, Jonah Bride started with me here, and and you know, he's been up there for you know a couple months now. You know, the guys that are in this clubhouse, they know that it's a good spot to be. If they perform, um, next thing you know, they could be up with Fran and AAA and, and they do well there and they're up. So it's uh, for a young player or a guy who maybe has even been around a little bit, uh, they know they can get an opportunity in, in the big leagues, and it's a good spot for them to be and showcase what they got. So the players are aware of it, we're aware of it. Uh, and, you know, they have to be happy with the A's right now.
2: And I got to think about your ball club. A lot of people are talking about players down there, and they're the names that we keep looking at and we know are, are part of the future. Just how is, how is everything going in Midland?
4: It's awesome. Uh, we're having a great second half uh, in first place by a couple of games, so we're doing well, I and mean, we have a, a, a slew of talent here. I mean, every night I have five guys on the bench that should be starting somewhere. Uh, so that's making my job a little bit difficult, but it's a, a good problem to have. But when you have Geloff and Diaz and, and Soderstrom in the lineup every night, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. And, and you get, you know, talent with Gann and Criswell and Hogan Harris, uh, Cushing, when they're on the mound, you know, we're in a good place. So we're playing well, uh, hoping to keep it going and, and you know, get, the, get a few more wins and win the division.
2: You know, so we went – what was that? Was that last year or was it two years ago we saw Geloff, Cody? It after? was last year. It was last year we went to a San Jose Giants game because it's just down the street from our house and and to see Geloff. And you looked at him, you went, yep, yeah, he looks the part. Big, yeah. big dude, power, uh, agility. I mean, kind of had like, and I uh, this is, I know this is not fair, but kind of has that that Mike Schmidt build with the athleticism and the size and the arm. Just talk about you know this third baseman out of Virginia, and, and what do you think? What how do how do you view him as a big leaguer?
4: Uh, I mean, he can play third. He can play second. Uh, his bat, he can hit it to all fields and all fields with power. Uh, he's a complete hitter. He's not just a pull guy with power. Um, he went out the other night to right center here in Tulsa. Uh, he, he takes good at bats. He takes what they give him. Uh, uh, but most importantly for me is his mental game. The guy thinks he's a big leaguer now. He prepares himself like a big leaguer. He's a clubhouse leader, and he's one of the younger guys in the clubhouse. But guys kind of gravitate towards him, want to be around him, uh, hang out with him. So he's he's a guy that guys kind of turn to. And at a young age, for him to do that now it's, it's pretty impressive.
2: That's interesting. He prepares like a big leaguer, like he knows how to do it. I mean, yeah. obviously, you're a big leaguer. Were you like that? I mean, how, how do you get to be like that? I don't know. I
4: don't know if it's innate or the upbringing. I'm not sure how he got to that point. From when I first met him, he kind of had that swagger about him, how to, you know, had a focus and a vision. And he's here. He knows he's here to play. But at the same time, he has bigger goals. He's not just happy doing well here. He wants to go up there and lead up there. Um, I know as soon as he gets to the big leagues, he's not going to be a guy who kind of just falls in line. He'll be a guy who wants to lead and be a part of the the core group there for a long time. So I don't know how he developed that, but the fact that it's there is a beautiful thing. And he's going to be a leader in that clubhouse for a long time, for sure.
2: Yeah. And I think about Soderstrom, I mean, this kid has been bred to be a ball player. I mean, I got, I got to play against his dad in college his dad was such a star at Fresno State and then went on to play for the Giants. And they've had that baseball clinic there in, in, in Central California. This guy's grown up around such tremendous talent and players. He's been playing against kids above his age and working out with them. He's like a prodigy. I mean, do you view him as the same? And, my God, he's so young, too.
4: Yeah, he has a different personality than Zach. Zach's a little bit more outspoken. Uh, you know, Tyler's only been here for – a week now, a week and a half. He kind of goes about his business in a, in a more quiet way. But um, from the first time I saw him at the alternate site, when he first got you know drafted to now, he's already grown up mentally. His swing is, is you know, it's perfect. We were talking about on the bench. I don't, I don't know if you would want to, um, if you were con- to construct a swing, you'd probably look at his. I mean, there's really no, no flaws in it. Um, and he played some first. He, he's catching for us. He, he looks great. So, you know, he's a different type of guy than Zach as far as mentality, but they both have that goal and that vision, and this is just kind of a stop for them. They both know they're going to be in the big leagues. So uh, having both those guys in the lineup is, is pretty special.
2: We just had David Forst on the program doing the general manager show, and I said, all right, give us here down the stretch, because we're all following it. We're all looking at your guys' box scores. And I said, give me guys to look at. Give me guys to you know who can help that we could see. Okay, I'm going to watch this guy, but then at spring training next year he could be a, in Oakland. So he talked Gell off, of course, sody of course, but he mentioned who you mentioned, Jordan Diaz. He said he's one of the guys that could make the jump sooner, sooner or later. Give us a scouting report there.
4: The Scouting report is he rakes. I mean, I mean, I mean, from the from day one. I mean, maybe he had a, you know the first two weeks he struggled a little bit. Ever since then, he gets up there and he hits. Um, He's not the most patient guy. He's going to have to, you know, work on that a little bit um, as far as, you know, getting some walks. But he sees the ball and he crushes it. He has, uh, you know, a great ability to put the barrel on the ball. And um, even if he's fooled, he keeps his hands back. Um, He's a guy like Gelof who can hit it to all fields. He's not just a pull guy. Uh, He has power to all fields. Um, Knows his swing. Um, He does know the strike zone, but he's a guy who's up there and he wants to hit. He sees a ball that's in the middle of the zone, and he has a good ability to put the bat on it. He, he does it. So, uh, you know, we've been playing him at first a little bit. I think that's where he's going to end up. Um, he just still has a little bit of work to do there, but uh, his work ethic has been has been great this year. So, uh, you know, but the bat's going to play. The bat's really good.
2: You know, last time we talked to Chriswell was when he was drafted. He was in the backyard at the draft party with his coach from the University of Michigan. And, you know, I was so excited to be drafted and decent sized kid throws hard. And we've kind of been tracking with him because, you know, we had him on video. It's great to have yeah. him on the show. Right. So how is the big right hander doing?
4: He's doing great. Uh, he's got some confidence. That's for sure. That's what I like about him the most. He's not scared of anybody, any team, anybody he faces. Uh, he's like another guy on this team. Well, we got a lot of them, I guess, that that know they're going to be big leaders. Um You know, we go over scouting reports before the game, and and there isn't anybody that he goes. I don't want to shy away from this guy or be. He goes after guys. Um, His stuff has been really good, and every time he goes out, you know he's going to compete. So he's another guy that you know A's fans should be looking for. That he's going to keep getting better.
2: You know, I think uh, you know we just put Keith Lippman in the A's Hall of Fame, and you know, 52 years of being a guy not about himself about everybody else, about helping players, coaches, managers, front office people. He's been a mentor. He's been everything to everybody. But it was always about not him. It was about everybody else. And I think about the opportunity you have, which is so unique, because, I mean, like we look at you and we go rookie of the year, big league shortstop, I mean, your career, and now you're managing – How much, how just, just how grateful are you for this opportunity to be able to take everything that you learn and everything that you've done. And now your job is to help these guys reach their dreams. You've, you've gotten your dreams. Now you're there to help them reach theirs.
4: Great point. And going back to lip lip is the best. I mean, a lot of the stuff I do now is is stuff I learned from lip, um, as far as teaching and, and leading by, by example, and being a leader, but, um, yeah, I feel so fortunate. Uh, like I said, like, like you said, I, I had my time to play. I had my time to shine, and now it's these guys. And, uh, you know, to be able to watch them through their career and be able to talk to them and go, hey, I dealt with what you're dealing with. Um, I've been in your shoes, and now this is, you know, this is going to be your path a little bit. And to see them kind of take that advice and, and continue on and get better, for me, it's 100 times better than playing. I love playing ball. Um, but the coaching and, and being able to make other guys better, uh, I'm in a, I'm in a good place. I'm, I'm happy. I'm a happy man.
2: Well, I and, and they always talk about catchers make the best managers. It's catchers, this catchers, that. What about shortstops? Shortstops, you, you're right in this too. I mean, as much as the catchers calling pitches, as a shortstop, you, you're aligning the defense. You're seeing every pitch. You, I mean, you're right in that pitcher catcher relationship almost because you're looking right over the pitcher's shoulder. Why do we not have more shortstops as managers?
4: I don't know. I mean, I grew up in a baseball family. My dad played. I was always a student of the game. I always want to know where everybody else should be. I knew where I was supposed to be, but I want to know this guy should be here. Okay. What pitch is he throwing here? Why is he throwing? Okay. When are we going to pick off this guy? Is this guy going to steal here? I've always been a student of the game. Love the little, little nuances. Um, So, you know, I think uh, some guys go out there and they play baseball and they're, they're just playing, they're good at it. and, And they know where they should be. And I think other guys, Really study the game and study what happens in the game in different situations and when do you put the infield here and and what's the spot to walk a guy here and that's the part of the game I've always loved. Um, playing was great, um, but the the mental side is something I've I've always dove into and and uh, have a lot of fun with. So for me, it's it's a good fit.
2: You know, one thing that I, I I'm not so sure about this. I want to get the answer from you, but something that is is a skill. That can't be easy, but it's to get the trust of your players for them to understand what you're trying to do is what's best for them. Even if they don't like it, you're trying to help them get to the big leagues, and there may be conversations they don't like. There's maybe positions they don't like. There may be places in the batting order they don't like. But what is that like, those conversations, when, when you're trying to gain the trust of your players to be like, dude, I'm trying to help you as much as I possibly can because not everybody gets that.
4: Yeah, and like, like I t- you know talked about before, it goes back to Lip and, and how much he cared about guys. Um, I think the players generally know that I, I truly care about them. Um, you know, I hope if you ask any of the guys, they would say that, that I truly care about their career and where it's going. So for me, it hasn't been, you know, uh, if a player knows I'm going up and talking to him, he knows I'm going to try to help him. He knows I want what's best for him. And for me, that's 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 a big thing. So I can have any conversation I want with the guy, whether it's me getting on him or me being his buddy or or whatever it is. He knows that I have his best interests at heart. Uh, and if they truly feel that, then they'll accept whatever I have to give them. And I think that's where this team's at. And so far, how I've I've tried to manage.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you look at playing baseball the A's way. And I know years ago, there was the Oriole way and the Dodger way. I just know all these years, the A's way is, a hey, it's 27 outs. You're playing hard. Doesn't matter what the record is. Doesn't matter what the score is. Bob Melvin preached that. We heard Mark Kotze really preaching it down at Ho-Ho Cam. You came up in this. Just talk about what your view is of what the A's way is to play baseball.
4: For me, it's being a grinder it's it's every at bat it's every pitch if, if you strike out there's a ball in dirt i expect you to run it out if you hit a pop-up i expect you to run it out um i expect you to know the situations i expect you to be a good teammate um i expect you to to pick up each other on and off the field care about each other love each other um but playing the game i expect you to play hard um you you have control over that you don't have control over if you go for four or for five whatever that is but you have control over your hustle you have control over your effort. You have control over you for showing up another team, another player. I expect these guys to play what, what I believe is the right way, and that's a little bit, I guess, more old school than how baseball is now at times. Um, but I expect our guys to, to bust their butts and and do the things that they have control over because baseball is hard, but you can control the the small things and being prepared and, and working hard.
2: Yeah, people forget this game is really hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not easy. Joey yeah. Votto last night. Feel I don't know if you got to see that, but Joey, Va- Joey Votto was miked up at first base, and it's pretty interesting. You know, this guy is a potential Hall of Famer, and he's talking to John Smoltz while he's playing first base, talking to John Smoltz, who is a Hall of Famer, and they were just talking about velocity difference and and you know because of when Votto came up to what it is now, and he's like, if you can't time a fastball and can't lay off a breaking ball, you're done. That's just how different from 95 to now you got guys hitting 102 to 100, consistently 98, 99. And it's like listen to Votto, and he's just talking about, yeah, a lot of people just don't realize just how hard it is to play the game.
4: It's extremely difficult. Uh you know, I see guys now watch games and see guys with the movement they have on on 99, 100, the ball's 2 semen. Uh it's it's insane. Uh, you know, they definitely didn't have that even, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was playing. So, uh, you know, the rise in talent is definitely getting there. And and even in double A here, we're facing guys on a nightly basis that are throwing 97, 98. We're, we're playing Tulsa right now. And every one of their starters is throwing 95, 96 plus, And then they have guys throwing 100. And it's so they're, you know, at this level, they're they're learning how to deal with that and learning how to deal with failure. A lot of these guys still haven't. You know, you can get through low A, high A without really having to fail too much, and now you get here and you have to deal with failure, and it's it's difficult. But uh, you know, it's it's extremely hard, and guys, you know, will, will handle it their own way, but they're going to have to handle it at some point and and make the adjustment.
2: Yeah, when you're in double A, you can see the big leagues because you can move from yeah. double A to the big leagues. I mean, it's legit. You get to double A, triple A, but double A. Great young talent, and the big leagues, you can move up, and who knows, we'll see what happens the rest of the way here. Just for you as a manager, now that you've been doing it, what have you learned? And I think also that coaching for everybody at the alternate site, uh, and I know Fran uh, Fran Reardon ran that, but it was like that was intense coaching, getting everybody sharpening your skills once again as a coach. But what do you think you have learned and how you have grown as a manager?
4: Uh, deal, dealing with people better, dealing with players better. Um, little nuances of the game. I've learned from Fran. I've learned from Ed Sprague. I've learned from Grady Fuson, uh, Keith Littman. I, I pick all their brains, you know, coming in as a player, uh, you know, starting out coaching, you're, you know, you're a little raw, you played, but there's, there's a lot of different things that go on. So I, I learn on a daily basis from my own staff, um, situations and, uh, personalities, uh, you know, every day we come in, uh, it seems that a new guy has a new issue, whether it be good or bad. So it's it's learning how to handle different situations and uh, and different uh, you know times in the game that that uh, you always kind of run across something that's new. So I still have more to learn, but uh, I'm always willing. But I'm enjoying it.
2: Yeah, that's why when you when you hear a guy as a manager, you're managing a team, and that means you're managing human beings, yeah. and human beings. Things happen on the field in between the lines, and they're human beings, and stuff's happening to them outside the lines, away from the field. You get, you have to manage the people. That's what, you know, whenever I've heard all this, well, it's all about the analytics. And I said, no, no, no. Somebody's got to sit, you know, at the front of the plane, the front of the bus. Someone's got to lead the charge, and someone has to manage the people because there's a lot going on because you're not dealing with robots. You're dealing with human beings.
4: To me, that's the biggest thing. I can go out and manage a game and win, lose, or guys play great or don't play well, and so be it. But that's the biggest thing, and that's where developing these relationships with with the guys in here, and like I said, knowing that you know that I, you know they can have my trust and I trust in them, and I'm an open book and they're an open book of me, um, and we have that that open relationship where we can tell each other anything, whether it be good or bad dealing with something off the field. And, and most of the time, I mean, there isn't really a guy in the clubhouse that hasn't come up to me with something that's going on off the field. Uh, people get to see these guys play and enjoy watching them play, but it's real life too. Um, they're away from their family. They're away from their friends. Uh, real life situations happen and and how to deal with that can be difficult at times, um, but they teach me as much as I teach them and I'm loving. It. And we, we do have a good time, but we celebrate the good times, but we're also there, for guys that struggle or or, or or having a hard time at times.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, A's fans love you, and it's great having you on the program. It's great seeing you. Good luck the rest of the season. Let's chat again soon because obviously down there you've got some very important guys. you got the future of the Oakland A's sitting on that ball club.
4: I'm happy to have the future. It's good. We have a good team, and, and
2: they played the game right, so we're going to try to do what we can. I appreciate you guys having me on. Take care, and you be well. Well too. You too. Bobby Crosby, rookie of the year, former shortstop for the Oakland Athletics. He's fantastic.
3: I made this joke with the great Alex Jensen, who was in town because of Portland. Who? Time, staying with me for the next couple days. But I made the, I asked him, I said, it's the reverse of Carlos Beltran, who got fired for never managing a game. Is Bobby Crosby the only manager to ever get promoted by never winning or losing a game? He was hired to be Stockton's manager. The COVID year hit, no minor leagues, and next year promoted the management league.
2: Never thought about that.
3: Talk about sending up the ladder. I mean, he must have done some great work at the uh, the alt site. But uh, a lot of he's he's handled. that alt
2: site, baby.
3: Yeah. there were some power. Hey, there were some power hitters there.
2: Do you realize what we lived through from a baseball standpoint? My God, we were at the winter meetings. Everything was great. Life was just booming for us. Everybody, oh, and then wham, no baseball. First game was – when we had 60 games. When was that first game? Like July 26th where Matt Olson had a walk-off against walk-off, Angels. Walk-off Grand Slam. I was taking phone calls all night. Robert Costa was panicking. I'm like, come on, man. We haven't played in weeks, months. It was months. We had a game. I think it was, what, eight, eight months since, the, oh, since we God, played? Oh, God, I would have gone all night long taking calls. Matt Olsen hitting that Grand Slam. By, by the
3: way, there is a question on YouTube from uh, a viewer, Pam, asking – she wants to know where you got
2: your shirt from. This one, uh, I think, was it a giveaway? What's on the back? Uh,
3: it says "Urban." I can't. "Urban Aztec" is what it says on the back.
2: So I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, just to, to, to be on, who's it Pam? Pam, yeah. Pam, to be honest with you, I've been working around this organization for so long. Whether around it or for it. I got so much stuff. I don't know where it's from. To be honest with you, um, it looks like.
3: Well, they says Urban Aztec was at the Coliseum on August twentieth of twenty nineteen. So maybe you got it a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I have literally my. It drives my wife nuts. I have literally drawers full of stuff. I've got, I've got. When I moved, probably was it was it six years ago? I moved. I had so. I had. I had so much junk giveaway stuff that I just threw away. Like, I I thought about it like, oh, I could give this away on shows. And it was like, I'm moving. I got to get rid of it. I mean, I had so much stuff dating back to the early 2000s that I remember the one I I'll never forget the one that uh, I had the um, Pringles back to school backpacks. I never saw it. I'd have to Google it. I have no idea what year that. I think that's like '08 or '09, and in it was a um, Travis Buck bobblehead. <laughs> Vincent said, it "Where, where are they now with Travis Buck?" Look out! Look, what year was the what What year was the Travis Buck bobblehead? Oh boy! Um, <laughs> oh, oh boy! 2008. 2008. So the Pringles backpack had to have been 2008. I remember my kids never wanted them. But I had these backpacks for my kids and all this AIDS stuff in it. Um, Yeah, I don't know where I got this shirt. I just have a lot of these um, shirts that I never – you know the one great thing about doing the show and doing the stuff on NBC every single day is I get to bust out all these shirts that – I casually would just wear around town, wear to the gym that I never got to really showcase because you got to dress more professionally when you're at the ballpark, right? So it's mostly polo shirts. And I got a ton of A's polos, but I've got, remember the emoji shirt? I mean, I got, I got, I mean. I Did you have that on recently? Yeah. I I busted out. I would have never worn it. I would just, it would just sit in the drawer. I mean, the other day I had out, I had the Marcus Simeon shirt. Have I got the Chris Davis shirt. There's a Marcana one. But I got stuff that goes back to way back when that they're all in bad shape now. But I mean I've kept most of them in pretty good shape. And now, since we're doing this and it's appropriate, I can now wear these shirts to games. I can wear T shirts, these Ace T shirts that normally normally probably would have looked unprofessional, but since we're doing the show on the field, it looks cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and last dive bar our sponsor by the way you did a horrible job decorating our I have the last dive bar chris Townsend just make it happen shirt on our last dive bar uh our sponsor last dive bar they put a bunch of shirts together and putting shirts together for us so t-shirts are great and now we can wear these to the game and now people don't look at us like we're like slobs or unprofessional uh yeah I mean because we're doing a show and it's on Twitter and YouTube.
3: It looks like also the uh, Urban Aztec, it looks like they kind of did something a couple of years ago with uh, Oaklandish. And Oaklandish makes nice stuff too. So Maybe it is from. I don't know. But it, it's
2: cool though, and it's the A's. Because
3: on, the, on this, the shirt. This
2: might have been like a, a Hispanic Heritage Night deal.
3: I, I think that that might have been back in 2019. That's where you got it from. No, because I don't remember getting that shirt, and I was here in 2019. So it had to be before that.
2: Yeah, but you don't get everything that I get.
3: If it was a giveaway, we would have gotten it.
2: Or well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just for certain and people certain employees. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, you got your own townie uh players weekend jersey.
2: Yes. That is. That should be we, we
3: should put that in here somewhere. It's right over there. Uh you should wear that when
2: they did the player are we doing players' weekend this year? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing anymore. I can't wait till we get back to a regular season with regular giveaways and regular everything. C D C came out was it yesterday. We're back. Everybody Everybody's back in business, right? The six feet—we don't have to be six feet from each other. Yeah, they—they
3: they have a whole. I saw. I think it was someone tweeted it out about whole, all the different stuff you don't have to worry about doing anymore. Uh,
2: uh, isn't COVID still going? But now we don't have to do it, all that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's I. By the way, I'm I I'm unless I got it from him, I'm COVID free because I I had the, I told you I had the X-ray right yeah and they made me test before I took the X-ray. I'm good. So if I get it again, it's it's from you. I don't know because you've been hanging out. You're going to San Jose Giant games. That's outside. You're, you're hanging. You're hanging. Yeah, yeah. You're outside with people like this, breathing on each other. There's like 400 people there, Spitting last on night. each other.
3: I was like one of three Ace fans. There was me, Rightfield Will, and like one other random person.
2: Rightfield Will was there, oh, no. that, he's, that he does not.
3: He goes every baseball game.
2: Well, no, he didn't have to work the uh, Stockton game. Oh, well, as he does the PA.
3: Well, he could have done the PA. He, well, he wouldn't have been able to do it yesterday. I tried to get Alex Jensen to let me do a, uh, an inning of color with him, but he said that there was uh, no room in the booth. He had someone else in there with him, some guy that worked for the Giants.
2: Oh, yeah. I First of all, I would not in, in any way roll in there. And, I mean, Alex Jensen basically acts like we don't exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, this is fact. Alex Jensen, voice of the ports. Now he gets in, like, fancy articles and everything, and he just talks about, you know, how Ken Korak and Vince Catronio helped him out. He's going to be upset if he hears this. Well, it's true. <laughs> Ken Korak and Vince Catronio had zero to do with Alex Jensen getting on with the A's. Zero. Zilge. Were you mentioned in that article? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I was. Uh, who, who gave him his first job? Who gave him his first broadcasting job with the A's? I believe it was you. Uh, who got him paid with the A's?
3: I don't need to say anything. You're pointing.
2: Oh, this guy? Actually, you
3: know what? I this to say, guy? I will have to say, we're streaming on, on iHeart still, so I do have to say you. This guy?
2: I wasn't in the article, but Ken Korak was. I didn't even think Ken Korak knew his name. <laughs> Ken was so, Ken wanted to come to
3: the game. He texted me last night. He was or, or on Wednesday when I was at the ballpark. He's like, you're going to the game? You're going to the, uh, the Ports game tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I might join you. And I'm like, well, Ken is going Ken had...
2: not on the trip?
3: See, I that's what I thought. I thought he was, but maybe he isn't. Alex said maybe I think he might be well, right. Oh you know
2: what? You know what? Ken's at home listening to A's Cast Live. That's what Ken's doing. While on the golf course or maybe he's listening with headphones on. Oh, he would have already played by now. <laughs> Ken's not out in this heat. He's Ken Korak. He would have teed off early, had lunch. Ken's not out here in the heat. Um, when how much time do we have?
3: Uh we still have like an hour. We're in, we've
2: we have no, Mark. Where are oh, oh who, we have Mark Hotsay next. When do I get to rip the Field of Dreams game? Uh, after Cots, we can do that. By the way, ratings are in. Down 47% from last year.
3: You mean you weren't excited to see Cubs-Reds?
2: Had nothing to do with the broadcast. Fox, A+. Oh, Smoltz and Joe Davis are great. A+. Everything was great. Griffey's coming. Griffey's coming out of the corn. Johnny Bench on Keller. Johnny, ben- Johnny Bench took over that inning.
3: Yeah, he was great.
2: It's He's Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench talking about growing up in Oklahoma. This is like growing up. Man. Incredible. Joey Votto mic'd up. Oh.
3: I have a couple cuts of that.
2: By the way, Joey Votto, if you never get into the Baseball Hall of Fame, I know this means nothing to you, and you'll never see this, but I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> you'll always be in my Hall of Fame. I love Joey Votto. Oh, finally coming around on Votto. No, I'm not coming around the walks. Joey Votto's a Hall of Fame guy. Oh, I've he's always liked him. But the more you hear about Joey, the more you hear from Joey Votto. It's Joey Votto. Joey Votto's kind of guy you want to hang out with.
3: It's not just out. You have to see the stuff he does on social media too, the TikTok videos, this, the stuff at baseball games. There was a there was the other day wherever the Reds were playing, uh, someone pulled out a short snippet of the video, but like there was a girl running to, for, to grab third base, and Joey Votto ran by and was like, like I beat you, like jumping up, like celebrating as he ran past the bases. She's going to grab it, like. He's taken social media on. He's never done it. It's like the first year he's done it, and he's run away with it. Like, Jeter joined it, and Jeter's been kind of funny. But Joey Votto is light years, as I still from Joe Lacob, light years ahead
2: of most athletes on social media right now, especially in baseball. If Joey Votto doesn't make the Hall of Fame, it's, it's going to be because there was too much walking going on and less slugging.
3: He was uh, Juan
2: Soto before Juan Soto. But you know what I'm saying? Well, last year, remember, All you said he wanted hit home runs. Uh, yeah, and he started hitting home yeah, runs. He hit 36. All those walks that were great, but you know, when it adds up and you're looking at, because they put his numbers up last night, he's still just over 1,000 RBIs. Yeah. For a first baseman? He's I in think that ballpark? He's four In uh, that ballpark? Yeah. The great American bandbox? He should have been hitting 40 every year. I Driving think, in 120 every year.
3: I think he's 47 career home runs away from tying Johnny Bench for the all-time Reds record.
2: And he's a first baseman. Yeah. Johnny Bench was a catcher.
3: Yeah. Uh, again, Johnny Bench, tremendous at inning. with what he called John. Uh, he goes, John Smoltz. I already know you're in the Hall of Fame, but you'll be going back in 20 years as a Hall of Fame broadcaster. I mean, had, Smoltz is really good as an analyst. And he
2: had the suspenders. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, MLB Network. John Smoltz not on MLB Network anymore because he didn't take a vaccination shot. How is that playing, by the way? How is that playing? Now, you're you're looking at two guys, both had three shots, right? Correct, yes. We both on Pfizer, two, and a booster. Same. Right? Now, with all these guidelines dropping and all this stuff and people still get COVID even though they're vaccinated, when we were told you couldn't get COVID when you're vaccinated, remember that?
3: It was a long time ago.
2: They said, you get vaccinated, you can't get COVID. Uh, that didn't age well. So now the people that didn't get vaccinated, are we done hating them? And John Smoltz is not on MLB Network because of that. How about that? Uh, uh, Al Leiter isn't really either, right? I don't know. I, I don't know I think
3: Al, if Al is on there, he does it all from home.
2: Did you have to show vaccination to get into the ballpark yesterday? Uh, no, I don't think they've
3: ever done it at San Jose. The uh, Oracle Park has on San Francisco. That, I mean, when the whole vac- when vaccines first started, you had to show it. They have that kind of got dropped like la- earlier la- last year. Smoltz or this
2: year. was the best guy on MLB Network. Oh, there was no one better. He was no. That's why he's doing games HR, on. HR, we love you, love you, Disco Dan. I-, I asked for him. I sent an email. Dan, p- please ask money DJ- in a different way. DJ Dan. DJ Dan in a different way. They're all great, but Smoltz was. Smoltz is a broadcaster, not only was one of the great pitchers of all time, as a broadcaster, unbelievable. fact that he's not there because he's not vaccinated, unbelievable. And we're still doing the non-vaccine the at our border. We don't allow Canadians in, and Canadians don't allow us in. It's hard to believe. I saw it's continuing for the uh, NHL or NBA. One but I have a way to fix the Field of Dreams and all these nationally tele- televised games. So, once again, broadcast up. Broadcast, you were fabulous. Fox did. I thought the broadcast was phenomenal. And Smoltz talked about his father passing away. Who his father passed away yesterday, and he still did the game.
3: Oh, is that passed away yesterday?
2: Yeah. They oh did, wow. They did. I think it was in the eighth inning. The whole thing, the production, awesome. The game, that's the problem. It's not the. It's not Fox. Not the broadcasters. And thank you. Know what? Thank God, Joe Buck's gone. It's not the broadcast.
3: Wow, I didn't realize you hated Joe Biden. It's Buck. not
2: the presentation. Nope. That was all fa- Everybody's dressed Tom Verducci, Everybody's dressed up in old school. Awesome. The the the
3: the scenery. Awesome. No strike zone on the television broadcast by the way. Or the the, the, the strike the K zone or whatever we want to call it.
2: But the whole just uh, just the cornfields and the sunset just like it was last year. Awesome. Problem is the actual game. We'll get into that. But coming up next, it's a Friday. That means it's time for the Mark Katze Show right here on A's. We're going to break, though. Yes, break. We are going to pay some bills and then the Mark Katze Show right here on A's. Castle. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
0: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
2: We got the lineup in, right? Tony Kemp leading off, playing left, followed by Ramon Laureano DHing in the two hole, in the three hole. The man who's actually still hot. He's gonna have to have another baby soon. Seth Brown hitting three sixty-seven with seven dingers, ten RBIs in the last fifteen games. Is that any good? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's
3: him and Sean Murphy. I mean, Sean Murphy since what is
2: it, June,
5: June seventh? Yeah, June seventh.
3: I've been go. I would go back and look at from July first on. He's been
2: unbelievable. Seth Brown has been great. You know what, Seth Brown's. I just did the math real quick. My San Jose State math. And, yes, I did go to the calculator to make sure I got it right. Uh, Seth Brown, in the last 15 games, I told you 367. I told you seven home runs. I told you 10 RBIs. That's a OPS of 1,283. That's that's pretty good. It's MVP, you like that? It's MVP caliber. You like
3: that? It's over how many games? Last 15. Well, if you put that number, those numbers up for
2: one, a full 162, Seth Brown's an MVP. Um. How many games have we had since the All Star break? Because he do, he wasn't with us. They had the baby right after the All Star break. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, let me my see. baby knowledge. I will have to look. I have to pull up this. Because he joined. Remember, had the baby, and then I mean, a baseball player's life. He has a you know, he has those few days, and then he was back out on the road. Where where, where where were the A's on the road where I, when, right when he had the baby? I can't remember. Like yeah. this season. Oh, I mean,
3: yeah, hold on. I'm pulling up the schedule right now. Right after the All-Star break, that was in July. We were uh, – we started – well, we played at home for eight games. Remember, we had the, the doubleheader against Detroit, Houston, Texas. Then we went to Chicago.
2: Um, so we played – He joined the team in Chicago. That was it. So this is all second half. I think I
3: think it's twenty games if I did my math. Yeah, record. so this is
2: all second half, these fifteen games, because he missed the start coming out of the break. Something like that. But he's been red hot, man. You got a twelve eighty three OPS in fifteen games, hitting three sixty seven. That's incredible. We will talk about him. We'll talk about Jed Lower. We haven't even talked about Jed. Shame no. on us. Um We'll address all of that with Mark Kotze. Here is the Mark Kotze Show. It's time for the Mark Kotze Show right here on A's Cast, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Check out their locations in the Bay Area for all of your bedding needs. The top mattresses in the business, or you go online, nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. We're talking beds. We're talking pillows, sheets, everything that you need. You go to nestbedding.com or one of their locations in the Bay Area. Mark, how are you today in Houston?
6: Doing well. Haven't been outside, really. Um, but uh, know it's hot and know that we're playing indoors tonight and uh, against a really good ball club.
2: Yeah, after having a, a, a tough homestand, is it good for the team to get on the road? which will be all in Texas against the Astros and the Rangers.
6: Well, you know, it, it obviously is good to get out on the road. We played better baseball on the road this year. Um, you know, albeit we're definitely uh, up against uh, uh, the best team in our division. Uh, the Astros, are, I think our current record seventy two and 41 um, they're, they're on pace to, to win this division. And, uh, and yet, you know, we had them at home a few weeks ago and we're able to, to sweep them. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we come out tonight, uh, get a good pitching performance and, and play good baseball.
2: Is there something about embracing the role as the spoiler?
6: Yeah, I think there's something about embracing the role that we know where we're at. And, um, you know, in order to, uh get where we want to be, whether that's by the end of the season or whether that's building for our future, that we have to beat good teams. And so playing this team, uh, you know, gives us that opportunity to to align ourselves and see where we stand.
2: Well, we've started to see young guys start to come up. And I think about Cal Stevenson, the kid from Fremont, getting his first look. He came over in the Christian Bethancourt deal. And then of course, J.P. Sears, who came over in the Frankie Montas-Lou Trevino deal. Uh, what was that like, having new guys around and kind of seeing what potentially the future could look like?
6: Yeah, well, you know, obviously we didn't get a lot of time to <clears throat> say hello to them. Um, they, they jumped in the clubhouse, uh, well, J.P. did on, on Tuesday and introduced himself to the team or his teammates. And, uh, you know, for Cal, he walked in Wednesday morning and uh, was thrown right in the fire into the lineup. Um, and I'll talk about Cal first. He uh, obviously had had success uh, with with a different organization, and that being Tampa and AAA came to us. We put him in AAA, and he continued that success. So he's earned this opportunity to come up here and get this chance to play in the outfield, get this chance to take some at-bats and show what he can do. And... Uh, honestly, on Wednesday, I was really impressed with his abs. Uh, even the the final at bat of the game, where the game's on the line, he got behind 0-2, and took some really tough pitches to get back to 3-2 and barrel the baseball. So his at bats looked really good. Um, on the other side of it, you look at a young starter in JP Sears that came out uh, with us, a new ball club for him, and um, really just was aggressive in the strike zone and, and challenged hitters, got some weak contact outs. And I think for the first time in in my baseball career, I saw four consecutive pop-ups to first base. So um, overall really impressed with the two new guys.
2: Yeah. And obviously we saw Sears earlier in the year. He's a guy that pitched in seven games for the Yankees, two starts. Probably could say for a lot of organizations, he'd be in their rotation. Tough right now to, br- to break the Yankees roster, so a lot of time in AAA. But there was something about him that didn't look like a deer in headlights. I mean, he was coming right after guys, retired 15 straight in a row. Do you see, and I know it's early, you've seen him for one start, but do you see this playing out there where there's a good chance he could be in your rotation the rest of the way?
6: Yeah, I, d- I definitely do, County. I think he's, uh, you know, after his outing on Wednesday, if you just evaluated from from the standpoint of the efficiency of it, he went out and I think he only had sixty five pitches in five innings, and as you talked about, had retired fifteen in a row. Uh, he was on a pitch count, um, so you know that sixth inning he goes out and gives up a couple hits, um, and his day was done. But overall, the the, the The book of work on Wednesday was was very impressive, and and we'll see. Uh, Hopefully, he continues to build on that in his next start.
2: You know, I don't think about this for just the A's. I think it for for every team. Having a versatile outfielder who can run and make a lot of contact. I know he's hit for average in the past. Let's hope he's going to hit for average here. Uh, Just when you talk about Cal Stevenson and how you're going to use him, and then just talk about also how big it is to get that first hit out of the way in your second AB and you're not chasing it.
6: Yeah. You know, he was, uh, as I, again, as I said, he, he looked calm, uh, didn't look nervous or during the headlights either. Um, I know he's a big day for him and, and for his family. Uh, he had a great cheering section down the left field line, uh, with signs included, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, see him um, get that hit and, and feel confident and and just take good quality at bats. Um, there's definitely, uh, you know, uh, an opportunity for him that lies here to, to earn playing time and, and earn that role.
2: Yeah, no, it, it was exciting to see, and that was pretty cool. I mean, you talk about all the family, all the friends, people that have been there. Uh, for you for so many years, and and they spelled his name out. Because let's face it, guys like yourself, normally when you get this opportunity, I mean, I'd probably say 99 point whatever percent of guys who make their debut uh, never do it at home in front of family and friends.
6: No, you're absolutely right. I made my debut in uh, 1997 in Florida where my parents barely made the game because they had to fly from California. And uh, it was just my mom and dad in the stands. Um, so it was great to get him that opportunity, uh, for a local kid growing up, uh, in the Bay area, uh, as close as he did to, to Oakland and to have him out there for his major league debut and to have the section and, and the fans and the family cheering him on was great.
2: You know, there was a struggle during the homestand hitting with runners and scoring position. How do you try and get the club to snap out of that?
6: Yeah, you know, we have to talk about our approach. And I think um, at times, young hitters uh, put themselves uh, in a situations where they feel that they have to do something, they have to get the runner in, instead of focusing just on the at-bat and pitch selection. And I think we saw that a little bit even on Wednesday, uh, not with our young hitters, but, but with our veteran guys, uh, guys with experience. Um, you know, I think they felt the... Uh, anxiety to the at bats and the anxiety to want to get that run across, knowing that it mattered and that we would win a baseball game. And so, you know, we've got to talk about that. We've got to continually, you know, coach these hitters and, and and coach them not just on mechanics, but more on the approach and on the mentality. And and with runners in scoring position, that you know nothing changes. It, it, you want to get a good pitch. Um, you know, you have to focus on you know the job at hand. And if that means there's a runner on third, and the infield's in. You got to get a ball up in the zone. Uh, you know, that you can elevate and hit the outfield and and get your RBI. Um, Take what they give you. So there's a lot to learn, and there's, uh, you know, a lot of games left for us to to continue to work and coach on and teach these guys um, how to hit with runners in scoring position.
2: Well, one guy that really since June has turned it on, just talk about what you've seen at the plate with Sean Murphy and what he's been doing since. I mean, you can go all the way back to June 7th.
6: Yeah, for Sean, you know, the biggest thing for him, I think, is is just not over swinging. Um, and I think staying with that middle to right center approach, we've seen the success, we've seen the hits start coming. Um, and and that's key for Sean. I think when he gets to the poolside and gets a little bit happy and, um, you know, I don't think he realizes how hard he swings when he swings the bat. And so controlling that, controlling him to just keep his approach to the middle of the field is going to be important, and uh, I think that's what he's done a good job with, and that's why he is having the success he's had since since June.
2: Yeah, because it's like Big Murph. You got the nickname for a reason. I mean, you're a big dude. You're strong. It'll go out. You don't have to swing out of your shoes. It will go out if you just make big contact. Is that something that's hard to tell big, strong guys? <laughs>
6: It's hard to tell any player because I think they do want to hit it as far as they possibly can. But, um, you know, both these guys, and, and I'll include Seth Brown in this conversation, because I think they both um, really excel when they, um, you know, stay with their approach, stay on the baseball, think about hitting the ball the other way and letting the pull side happen. And I think we've seen that with Seth as well. Um, so I think the important you know, message to to both Murph and to Brownie is you just got to touch it and it'll go.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And and you know, the way Seth Brown has played ever ever since uh, having his child has has been unbelievable. I mean, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. So even though you know you do have to celebrate, wouldn't you say, the good times and the good things during a rough season? And Murph and Brownie have definitely been huge bright spots for your ball club. Yeah,
6: they really have, and they've you know grown as players. As you, again, they've struggled early. Um, they found uh, a rhythm to their season. They found uh, what what they can be successful at, and they've stuck to it. And that's where we have to continue to keep their mindset. And as you talk about, you know, you you have positives, uh, even if you know you are in a negative type season. The important thing is to stay positive. Uh, and prepare each day, as I always talk about, to just win the day, win the game. And I think that's continuing to be the message and continue to fight, continue to play, um, which we did in the homestand. We 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 fought. Um, and, and that's really the character of this club.
2: Managing innings and managing workloads at this time of the year is very interesting because, you know, guys want to continue to to grow and they want to continue to eat up innings and it helps them obviously in their careers and there's times where you go, well, you want to hold a guy back. So how do you envision basically these next X amount of games, two months and, and dealing with your starting pitching?
6: Yeah, you know, our starting pitching is young. Um, some of these guys haven't made 30 starts in a season. So we really have to, as you talk about, manage their workload, look at their velos, um, you know, look at, at their, body comp and 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 just take into consideration that uh, they're still growing and we're still building them up Um, and it's important for for these guys to as you talk about um, you know maintain their strength maintain their physicality throughout a long season and, and understand how to do those things and I think that's what we're going through right now and we continue to evaluate it we'll continue to stay up on top of it and uh, and make the best decisions for these guys as individuals, uh, and as and for our team collectively.
2: Let's end on this. I know it was a tough question. Uh, I should say I know it was a tough conversation with Jed Lowry, who, no question, has been an unbelievable Oakland Athletic. All this different stints here, what Northern California has meant to him as a Stanford guy, and meeting his wife and, and the best success of his career has been in an A's uniform. You've known him for a long time. You guys played together in Boston. It is a business, things happen. Just how tough was that conversation for you to have with Jed about him being designated for assignment?
6: Yeah, it's really difficult. And, you know, from an organizational standpoint, um, from Billy, from David, from Dan Feinstein, uh, they were involved in that conversation. Um, which for me was very important. Uh, As you talked about Jed's career as an Oakland A, uh, there were amazing accomplishments uh, that we could go into. Um, But ultimately he was represented what it means to be an Oakland athletic, the grind of it. Uh, You know, he's 38 years old, his 14th season, which I can relate to. I was 38 years old in my 17th season. And, you know, the game is the game, and, and I think he said it well. It is a business, but at the same point, you know, you try to give a player every opportunity to end his career if that's going to happen on his terms. And you know unfortunately, in this situation, they may not have been on Jed's terms, but um, you know it wasn't as it did not come uh, to Jed on in a in a blindsided way. Um, this was talked about. Uh, prior to the decision being made with Jed included. And, uh, you know, I, I wish Jed nothing but the best. I, I, I'm hopeful that he hooks on to another team that can use his bat his switch hitting skills down the road and, and in the playoffs. And so for me, that was my message to Jed. Uh, I would thank him for all that he did this year in this clubhouse in the leadership role. And uh, But from an organizational standpoint, you know, as as you've seen and as you'll continue to see, uh, we're going to bring young talent up here to get an evaluation uh, to see what these young guys can contribute for our future.
2: We'll get some wins in Texas, get some good barbecue, and then we'll talk to you next week back in Oakland.
6: Sounds good, Tony. Thanks again, buddy.
2: There you go. It's the Mark Katze show. We'll address some of the things that the skipper said. And can I fix last night's game? Maybe. Just maybe. Right here on Ace Cast Live.
5: Hey, Ace fans, your athletics are back in town and we're kicking off the series with a boom. That's right, post-game fireworks presented by Lagunitas are back after Friday night's matchup against the Mariners. Friday, August 19th, join us at the ballpark when the A's take on the Mariners and then head down to the field to see the best fireworks display in the Bay. August 19th, fireworks presented by Lagunitas. Tickets start at just $15 and are available at athletics.com. That's athletics.com.
0: A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend.
2: I think, you know what? Forget I think, I know. We should make every general manager in baseball have to get in a room. They can't talk to each other. They have, like, partitions in between each other. And each one has to sit there and watch last night's game front to back in silence. And they have to watch every single pitch for three hours and 21 minutes. And they can get up to go to the bathroom, still can't talk to each other. They've got to sit there and actually watch it. For three hours and 21 minutes. And then we get to grill them. Individually. You like that product? You like what you saw last night? You like seeing 206, 182, 207, 184, 230, 217. We had a guy hit last night in this game hitting a buck 35. This is what you put on national television. Once again, Fox was phenomenal. The broadcast was second to none. The game was trash. These teams are trash. This as a entertainment product is trash. What you put. That's what you put on the national stage. Was that trash? That's how you want to promote your game? Three hours and 21 minutes of boring trash baseball? There can't be anybody who watched that last night and went, yeah, that was a good game.
3: How long did it take? Three hours? I
2: fell asleep during it.
3: Took, what, three hours and 20 something minutes? Three
2: hours and 21. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine pitchers, three hours and 21 minutes, nine pitchers to get a bunch of dudes out hitting 203. No,
3: look at me. Yippee. let, Let me give you context real quick before I call Robert Ford. Three hours, twenty-one minutes, six runs scored. The Ports and Giants and Low A scored 19 runs last night. The game took two hours and 47 minutes. Get Robert Ford on the line.
2: Broadcaster, fine broadcaster for the Houston Astros. We'll join us as we get you ready for the Astros and the Athletics here on A's Cast. I want to ask Robert this, and he had just to get it'll be an honest opinion. one of the top voices in our game is with us. Robert, welcome back to Ace Cast Live. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be with you guys. Great to be with you once again. We just want to ask you this because we've been talking about it. First off, last night, uh, did you get a chance to see the Field of Dreams game at all?
7: I saw some of it, yes.
2: Yeah, the production, Fox did a great job. The production was incredible. Unfortunately, the ratings were down 47%. But this has nothing to do with Fox. I thought Fox was great. But last night's game didn't have a whole lot of action, a lot of bad batting averages. It was three hours and 21 minutes. My producer, Cody, our, our A-ball team was in town playing the San Jose Giants. Cody, well, how long was that game?
3: Two hours and 47 minutes.
2: And how many runs were scored? 19. 19 runs were scored for two hours and 45 minutes compared to last night's game. that went three hours and 21. Which game would you rather attend?
7: Well, I think, you know, the pitch clock is coming, and uh, I am looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, Let's there, put it that way. Yeah, there is there is absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, these series with the Athletics and the Astros – are very pivotal for the Astros because I remember back when the A's were in New York in June, everybody had already crowned the Yankees the World Series champions, and no one was going to beat them. And all of a sudden, as of today, The number one record in the American League belongs to the Houston Astros. Not only that, the Houston Astros, as you know, hold the tiebreaker over the Yankees. So these games for the Houston Astros against teams like the A's, these games are huge because you want that home field advantage in the postseason.
7: Oh, you absolutely do, Um, especially when you think about a potential matchup with the Yankees and, you know, having more games in Houston than at Yankee Stadium. And uh, Yeah, and I mean – You know, Dusty Baker mentioned that to me in May about the importance of getting that home field advantage. So it's been on their radar uh, for for a good chunk of the season. And you're right. These games against the A's are pretty important. uh, And especially, I think the A's have the Astros' attention with the way things went in the month of July when the A's won, what was it, five out of six?
2: Yeah, it's hard to know what you're going to get out of the A's. I mean, the A's sweep the Astros. Next thing you know, we come back home. Uh, for another homestand, we just went 0-5 on a homestand where we we were 4 for 44 with runners in scoring position. So I, I, you know, who knows what you're getting with the Oakland Athletics in this series. But we do see the Astros last 17 games, 8-9 record. Nothing to panic about. But the Astros haven't been playing their best baseball. What's been going on?
7: Well, I think you know the offense has been a bit inconsistent at times. I think. You know, the pitching you know, has been really good all year. I think the back end of the rotation hasn't been quite as good over the last couple of weeks as it had been. Uh, And, you know, I don't think it's anything to be too alarmed about. Uh, As from an Astros perspective, I think it's just, you know, it's 162 games. It's hard to be at your peak for 162. But I think we're seeing signs that things are are getting a little better, that there's a little more stability in the lineup. Uh, And also, too, I think, you know, it's certainly unfortunate news that uh, Michael Brantley is going to be out for the rest of the year after having shoulder surgery. But I think what that does do is now the Astros know, OK, we know Brantley isn't going to be back instead of just kind of playing the waiting game. So now you can kind of just move forward with, OK, this is the team trade line. trade deadline is passed. Michael Brantley isn't going to be back. These are our guys. Let's figure out how to best maximize what we have.
2: Yeah, I mean, he hadn't played in a while. Of course, he didn't play the last time the A's took on the Astros, and it's just you feel really bad for him because he's truly one of the good guys in our game. He's been great to us uh, here with A's cast and and just such a great player, tremendous hitter, and you deal with injuries, but just – You know, especially if you're going to hook up against the Yankees and the ALCS, you want them to be at full strength, you want to be at full strength, and unfortunately for the Astros, you won't be at full strength, not only what he does as a player, but who he is as a man in that clubhouse.
7: Oh, absolutely, and Dusty even talked today about how, because Brantley's going to be away from the team for a couple of weeks recovering from his surgery, but then he plans to be around the team after that, and Dusty mentioned exactly what you just talked about, the influence that he has. You know, Dusty even said, you know, they call him Uncle Mike for a reason uh, because of that influence and his leadership. And so it's good that they'll still have that. uh, Certainly, obviously, you'd prefer to have his bat in the lineup, but I think the Astros will take what they can get from Michael Brantley at this point.
2: And when you look at the Houston Astros, Lance McCullers Jr. coming back tomorrow, what are expectations?
7: Well, I think with Lance, when he's at the top of his game, he's pretty tough to beat. And he's one of those pitchers. He rarely gets beat. Usually he beats himself, whether he starts falling behind in the count, uh, and starts walking people, or just doesn't locate particularly well. But when he's, when he's doing his thing and, and pitching the way he's capable, it's, it's pretty tough to beat him. So, you know, I think the Astros at this point, you know, you have four minor league rehab starts. And I think the Astros just would be happy to see him healthy and get through, say, five innings, uh, and have something to build on. Because the best Astros team includes Lance McCullers Jr. in the postseason rotation. I think uh, anyone who who knows uh, anything about this Astros club knows that.
2: And going into the series, and, and it's I mean it's hard to to believe because when you when I mean, you go to like baseball savant, you look at Jordan Alvarez. He's great at everything, hard hit percentage, ex- exit velocity. I mean, you name it, he's he's a red, which is great in everything. But he actually has been scuffling a little bit lately. What have you seen in the last 11 games?
7: Well, Dusty gave him a day off yesterday. I mean, I think it could just be, you know, a little tired. Um, you know, I think he's just missed some balls. Uh, so, you know, that gives you an idea that, that maybe it's a – you know, he just needs a, a day or, or, or what have you. Uh, but, yeah, I'm curious to see how he does now after getting a day off yesterday. And Dusty had wanted to give him a day off in Cleveland, but Kyle Tucker uh, missed that series in Cleveland uh, with an illness. So he wound up not giving him a day off there. Uh, and then, you know, the Astros come back home and play the Rangers before playing Oakland. And so gave him the day off yesterday, and I think that's really going to help Jordan.
2: You know, the story, we talked to Sparksy last time in Oakland, and he was just marveling over Justin Verlander. I, I wanted to get your your take on it. I It's just at his age, coming back for Tommy John, and now looking like Verlander in his prime in Detroit. What's it like to see that every five days?
7: I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the bottom line. I mean, you're watching a future Hall of Famer, who is still pitching uh, fantastic baseball? I think the the biggest difference now is he's he's a little more efficient. Doesn't have the strikeout rate that he once did, but still strikes out his fair share. Uh, but I think he I think he knows he needs to get uh, early count outs, and it's not exactly pitching the contact. I think he just understands that you know you only have so many bullets in that arm, and if you can uh, maximize what you do have, that's just going to make you better. So I think. Uh, that's that's the, the biggest difference with Verlander now compared to, you know, when he was really at his peak and winning MVP awards in addition to the Cy Young. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's there's no reason for anybody who expected Verlander to pitch the way he has this year. Yeah, you expect him to be pretty good because he's Verlander, but, you know, the, the one of the top pitchers in the American League and a Cy Young contender leading the league in ERA and all these things. Uh, I don't think anybody had any reason to expect Verlander to be quite as good as he's been this year. Uh, And it's been fantastic to watch.
2: Well, nobody is ever going to have to sell the Oakland Athletics on Justin Verlander after what he did to us in the playoffs, not only in 2012, but a repeat in 2013. And I remember there were these articles that came out that went, are we sure Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer? Like questioning it. And you're like, are you guys crazy? I mean, he will be the one guy, if there is anybody, Robert, in our lifetime that's going to reach 300, if there's anybody even has a chance at 300 wins, it's going to be Justin Verlander. And what you're seeing now, I think you'd have to say, at 39, he's now he's not even close to being done yet. There's more life from years to come.
7: Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the cool things about Verlander and following him every fifth day is looking at the people he's passing as he moves up the, the all time wins list and the all time strikeouts list. I mean, it's, you know, to me, that's a lot of fun, especially being a fan of baseball history. Like I think the next guy he's poised to pass for, for strikeouts is Pedro Martinez. Like, it's just cool to see stuff like that. Uh, you know, he's the next guy on the wins list for him is Juan Marichal. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's really neat. Uh, just to, you know, if you're in the baseball history, uh, to just see these names that, that he is coming close to and surpassing uh, at this point in his career. And yeah, I think uh, he has the, I agree with you. He, he certainly has a great chance at getting 300 and yeah, we may not, you know, if, and when Verlander gets 300, maybe the last time we see a pitcher get 300 wins for, for quite some time.
2: Let's end on this. What did it mean for the bullpen to finally get a left-hander actually in the bullpen and to acquire Will Smith, especially once you get into the postseason?
7: You know, I've always been of the belief that no matter how good your bullpen is, you're always better off acquiring one more quality reliever uh, at the deadline if you're a contending team because, you know, you just have another guy to kind of just spread the wealth. So that way you don't, you know, you're less likely to overwork your, your, your leverage guys. And I think that's the biggest thing Will Smith brings. I think it does help that he's left handed. Uh, you know, the Astros do have. I mean, Hector Neris is a reverse splits guy. So is Ryan Stanek. So, you know, they have guys who can get lefties out who are right-handed, which is why they've been able to get away with a bullpen that's been mostly right-handed for most of the year. But, yeah, obviously having another, not just lefty, but having another quality arm in that pen in Will Smith, I think will really help the Astros down the stretch and help them in the playoffs as well.
2: Yeah, a guy who has been a closer and saved a lot of big games. I mean, he's not just a lefty specialist.
7: Right. And yeah, that's the other part is he's and he's pitched in the postseason. I mean, the Astros just saw him in the World Series last year with the Braves. So he's got that postseason experience. I mean, there's a there's a lot to like from an Astros perspective about acquiring Will Smith.
2: Great stuff. As always, we appreciate it. We'll see you again in Oakland, but have a great call during this series. All right. Take care. Robert Ford, broadcaster for the Houston Astros. I want to make sure I'm right on that, by the way. We see them again, right?
3: We do. I can't remember if it's here or if it's in Houston. It's September. It's in Houston, we, I think.
2: We don't see them, uh, but we technically—I was right. We will see them again.
3: Yeah, you weren't wrong. Uh, you want some A's news before we get to Jed Lowry, I know you want to talk about Jed uh, from Martin. Wait, Gallegos, how much time do we have? Uh, know, like eighteen minutes. All right. Uh, from Martin Gallegos, MLB.com, friend of the program. Uh, Zach Logue will start tomorrow for the A's and stick in the starting rotation going forward, per Marcotte. A's will keep J.P. Sears in the rotation, so it'll be Cole Irvin, Cap, Sears, Holler, who's pitching tonight, and Zach Loke. He was on the taxi squad for this trip.
2: Oh, because Blackburn's out.
3: Yeah, I was about to say Holler. What? Do you Blackburn's out with what was it? A inflammation in his finger. Do, his do, finger.
2: Do you think this is just a rest? RL I stint? am not going to allow you to bait <laughs> me into that. <laughs> I am not scratch the tape scrub the audio scrub the video you did not ask that question <laughs> he has a finger problem and when he is back he will be fine i want to give you, you since you just tried to throw me under the bus you want me to throw you <laughs> under the bus uh sure he asked me could this be the last Tell, go, ask me the I question asked, you asked me before the show.
3: I asked, "Well, could this be the last time we
2: see Adam Aller
3: as a starter this year?" Well, now we know that's not happening. But okay, ask me again. Well, now we know, but could this be? Could hypothetically, could this been the last time we saw Adam Aller this year? What was
2: my answer? Uh, no. And do you do you do you want to tell the lovely public my reasoning? You compared him to Chris Bassett, and you may be like, "What? How can you compare him to Chris Bassett? That's stupid, Townie." What well, wouldn't be the first stupid thing or the last stupid thing I've ever said? But <laughs> this isn't stupid, because if you actually look, my whole point is this. And I've gone round and round with a guy who sits out in right field. You know what his name is? Uh, James. He he was like, "Well, I'm like, listen, you got to see what you got, and you just can't throw him out there a few times, and he gets lit up, and you panic." This is the year of discovery. You have to see what he has. And actually, the A's have won both of all their starts against the Astros. Now, the numbers aren't great, uh, 5.79 ERA, but the A's have won both. Here's my reasoning. If I go back to 2015, see, you now see Chris Bassett as an all-star, as Uh, just a grinder, terrific A's pitcher. That's how you view him now. You're not going to go back to 2015 and 16 like I did to Cody and had to teach Cody about A's history. 2015, Seabass, as you like to call him, was 1-8 with a 3.56 ERA, 18 games, 13 starts. And he did not pitch well. The very next year, 0-2 with a 6.11 ERA. Nobody at that time wanted Chris Bassett anymore. Boom, then his his elbow pops. Tommy John surgery. Here we are. Career could be done. And no one even thought about him. You trying to tell me when we were down at spring training in 2018, we were talking about Chris Bassett? If you could find me one article, one interview, forget me, anybody else who was talking about Chris Bassett is going to be the leader of this pitching staff when he was recovering from Tommy John surgery in 2017, if you find anything, you're lying because it doesn't exist. Chris Bassett was never a hard thrower. There was nothing. He was a tall guy. He was all over the place, couldn't command the strike zone. If you go on Cody's thinking, you would have thrown Chris Bassett away, and you never would have found one of the better pitchers in the American League at that time. Think about that. That's a lesson learned. I'm not ready to throw Adam Aller out the door yet. Let's see. We've got nothing to lose. The team's 41-71. and What do you care if we lose another game? Let Adam Aller pitch... And find it or not. If he doesn't, you get rid of him. If you find it, it's like another Chris Bassett story. Chris Bassett, before his arm blew, Tommy John, had a 6.11 ERA. And it wasn't until he came back in 2020 and 2021 where he was feeling himself again. 19 was good at 10 and 5. And remember, said to Bob Melvin, I'll go in the bullpen. But really, 1920-21 is when he found himself and became one of the better pitchers in the American League. But if you just went off X amount of starts and didn't believe in him, he would have been gone. He's never Chris Bassett, the Oakland A that we came to know and love. That's just words that you need to hear. So when you go, why do we keep running Aller out there? You traded Chris Bassett for him. Let's see what you got. And if it ever clicks, you're gonna thank God you stuck with him. Just like you thank God they stuck with with uh Chris Bassett. They could have blown Chris Bassett out easy. Because remember, early on, you may not know this behind the scenes. Chris Bassett was a pain in the ass. He and Melvin didn't always get along. Boy, by the end, Chris Bassett was saying nothing but Mel singing nothing but Melvin's praises, because He kind of matured as a pro and realized Melvin was right and this organization was trying to do everything that was best for him. Things happen for the good, and that was a great story. And Chris Bassett loves the A's and will love being an A. But he had to learn the hard way through injury, hard-headedness. He had to learn. So that's why you keep throwing Adam Mahler out there. That's why I want to see J.P. Sears. That's why I want to see Zach Loke. Let's see what you got. Waldichuk, get him up here. I really want to see Sears though. Yeah, Logue's interesting, but Sears is a Sears is a player. Sears has started two games, pitched in seven for the Yankees. Now has pitched for the A's and looked good. This guy, this guy pitched at Yankee Stadium, so pitching in front of eight thousand in Oakland ain't a big deal, right? This is not like, oh, he's in the big leagues. He was pitching at Yankee Stadium when the Yankees had the best record in baseball and and pitched against the A's. Remember that? So I want Sears every five days the rest of the way. And I want to go into our offseason shows going, I know Cole Irvin. I don't care if we're all left-handers. Cole Irvin, J.P. Sears right now, Paul Blackburn, because I think Paulie will get it back. And then let's see. Let the competition and let the games begin. What about Cap? Until Cap's giving me more than six innings. Yeah, he's in the competition. I mean, I'm not sitting here praising a guy that goes five innings and everybody goes, hey, looks better. You're talking 20, is it 29 starts now he hasn't gone into the seventh? Uh, you're the
3: one that's had that number. I, I, uh, the game knows. Yeah, have yeah, it. that's what I mean, but I don't know if I've, I haven't looked recently. But I yeah. think
2: it's 29 starts. Cap has not gone. It's an Oakland record that you don't want to have.
3: He averages five innings a start. I did the math. He has 18 starts, 90 innings.
2: What what, what am I doing with a guy who just can go five? Is he now more reliable for me out of the bullpen?
3: I was thinking maybe because the whole thing with with, uh, Rasmussen with the the Rays, where he's complaining about he wants to pitch longer in the games, where he's the same. He's averaging five innings a start with Tampa. And I know they manage their workloads differently, but. I mean, yeah, maybe Cap's a, 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 maybe long-term he's a middle relief guy. I'm just saying,
2: guy. there's going to be a competition, which competition is healthy. What did your friend Jim Harbaugh say? Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Let's have a good old-fashioned competition.
3: I saw someone else use that quote recently, too. I forget who it was.
2: By the way, there should be only one guarantee in the starting rotation. If if season ended today and we're talking spring training, Cole Irvin is the only guarantee. And would you have said that last going into the season this year? Who's got the best <laughs> war on the team? Cole Irvin. Who's your best player on the team? Going off war, Cole Irvin. You tell me how much war means. He's got your best war. But what about Murph? Seth Brown's hot. Best war is Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin has been your best. He and Murph have been your best players. Yeah. Best home ERA in the American League. Now, second best in baseball. Could Cole Irvin get traded? No doubt. Could Murph get traded? No doubt. Just gonna say, you know, because Paul Blackburn has not thrown the ball well at all. That's not being mean, the numbers say it. It's it's been bad. So I want to think the good Paul Blackburn will be there. But look at that competition, right? Now all of a sudden you have this competition. So you got Cole Irvin. You got Paul Blackburn. You got Caprillian. You got Sears. You got Logue. You got Waldachuk. Who else we got in there? Aller. Aller. Martinez maybe? Adrian Martinez. Give me I mean give me over 10 guys. Jared Koenig. Keep bringing them. Who else was in trades that could help out? None uh, like like Well, JT Ginn JT
3: did last night for Midland. But he's not. Yeah, and Cusick, really. and those guys are still.
2: And what's the Gunner, Hoagland. Gunner Hoagland. guy Hoagland? Yeah, yeah. he's an A ball. But give me as much combat. Bring, bring other sign guys. Bring a, Let's have a big old battle in spring training. Who's the five? And we know we're going to need probably 15. So, you know what? Bring as many guys in and say, let's go. Folks, the average team uses 13 starters a year. You can't look at five guys anymore. You want to start the season with five, but um, how much time do we have? About seven minutes. Uh, I think it's time to honor a grade A. And no one was shocked by the news. But it's tough when somebody really, really has been a terrific player for you. And Jed Lowry... Being DFA'd is tough. But Jed, a terrific A. 205 doubles. Jed Lowry was a doubles extra base hitting machine for the Oakland Athletics. He was an all-star. Showed up in 2013. Hit 290, 15 home runs, 75 RBIs, with a 791 OPS as a shortstop. Next year, didn't have as great a year, would end up moving on to Houston in 2015. But then came back with a vengeance. Well, actually, don't forget in that 2013 year, he had 45 doubles. But then he'd come back in 2016 and play in 87 games. Eh, okay, What? where is he in his career? And then the next two years, hell on wheels. The next two years, Jed Lowry would be awesome. In 17 and 18, he had an 808 OPS and an 801. He'd set the doubles record in a season with 49, In 2017, 2018, he followed that up with 37. In 2018, he drove in 99 runs, 23 home runs, 37 doubles, and was an all-star. Jed was nothing but a great pro. Jed was nothing but a mentor to guys in the clubhouse. Jed Lowry is a very smart baseball player. He's a very smart man off the field. He understood that there's something special about this place for him. Northern California means so much to, to him and his wife. It's where he went to school, Stanford, starred at Stanford, met his wife at Stanford, and the best years of his career, the years he could stay healthy and showcase his skills. We're here in the Bay Area. For the Oakland Athletics. Jed loves the A's. And I think I I, I can say this. He grew to love the A's. I think when you first show up here and the, the clubhouse sucks, stadium sucks, and you're used to playing in all these different places, yeah. I mean, stadium was built in 66, let's be honest. This isn't Fenway Park. This isn't Wrigley Field. And oh, by the way, there's been plenty of players who hated playing at Fenway and hated playing at Wrigley Field. But Jed grew to love this place because this place made him better, made him the player that he is. Seven years with the A's, 77 home runs, 405 RBIs, 205 doubles. An OPS of 737 for a middle infielder, and more importantly, a great guy. Jed Lowry is not going to go in the A's Hall of Fame, but for his time, I mean, he played on the 2012 playoff team, 2013, excuse me, played on the 2013-2014 2018. I mean, he played in some big games for the A's. I, I wanted to say 2021, but it just fell short. I never checked his playoff stats for. Yeah, so he got he played in games in 2013, 2014. I mean, Judd Lowry was a terrific A, and it's it's just father time always wins. No one beats father time. And it obviously had to be a tough conversation. You heard Mark Kotze on the Mark Kotze Show here on A's Cast Live talk about um, everybody was involved. You know, Billy, David Forrest, Dave Feinstein, they were all part of it part of it. Because Jed's been a great A. It's meant a lot to this franchise. And not going to be shocked, right? If Jed somehow sticks around after his playing days in baseball and with the A's. I sure would welcome that. Always appreciated our time with him. Always loved having him on. He has a lot to offer. He has a lot to offer. He's a cerebral guy. And I could, I mean, you know, he's, once again, these guys have now made so much money, they don't need the money. It's whether they want to stay in the game. I mean, Ched Lowry's made six, almost $61 million in this game. $61 million. He doesn't need to work. He still wants to play, but it's now... You know, once he retires, what do you want to do? He loves to travel. Kids are still pretty young. We'll see. I hope he's around. I'd love to see him at spring training. You know, certain guys you're going to look at as you just loved them as A's. Coco comes to mind. Coco loved being an A. Coco kept re-signing. Coco wanted to be here. Guys who want to be here, we end up loving not the Josh Willinghams who go, yeah, I want to be here, and he can't wait to get the hell out of here. We love the guys that wanted to be here. And Jed Lowry's one of those guys. Coco Crisp is one of those guys. And you're gonna be able to vote for Coco, by the way, next year. I don't think it's his time to go in as an A's Hall of Famer. I still think we've got guys from the seventies and the eighties we need to uh we need to address. I a guy that's got to go in. Uh-oh. We just had breaking news. Did I see this correctly? Breaking news. Oh, my God. Get the breaking news sounder. This is massive, massive news. from the ABC Sports Desk in New York, I'm Chris Townsend. This might be the biggest breaking news we've ever had. Padres star Fernando Tatis Jr., are you ready? You want to guess? Playing tomorrow for the Padres. I don't know. Violated Major League Baseball's performance-enhancing drug policy and is facing suspension.
3: Oh, my God. (laughs)
2: Wow, Wow. that's 80 games. That's 80 games, right? Your first one.
3: Yeah, 80 games.
2: Oh, Padres are going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back. Padres this, Padres that, blah, 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 blah. Fernando Tatis Jr. popped for PEDs. There's been so many questions surrounding his rehab. Some people thought he was ready to go. Other people, physicians were like, I wouldn't do it. Maybe he thought to get back, I got to take some stuff. I got to do it. And Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting is going to be suspended. That means he is out for the rest of the season. He is out for the postseason. And he is out well into next year.
3: Close to uh, – C-L-O-S-T-E-B-O-L is what he was suspended for. What? That's, that's the drug. Close to ball? I don't know. C-L-O-S-T-E-B-O-L. I
2: don't know why you're looking at me. I'm not on yeah, it. Yeah, I, I
3: don't know. I mean, my wife's in the medical field, but, she, I mean, she's on here. So we well, can't... maybe at my age I should be on it. <laughs> I don't know. Man, that's massive. Will it help me hit the golf ball? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you're, so you're telling me – and we're almost out. Oh, of time. I'm
2: not. I'm not. I'm not telling you. Jeff Pass is telling oh, no, you. No, no, no. What I'm He's saying. He's been popped and he out. So you know what? And 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 I know everybody looks at me and goes, "Well, aren't you from San Diego? I could care less about the Padres. Uh, see you later. This whole Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Juan Soto. This whole thing is blowing up in their face. And I just wonder. As I said. On this show, I said you can't you can't coexist with three major contact contracts like that. You cannot coexist. Machado three hundred million. Fernando Tatis three forty five ish. Three forty. Three forty, and now Juan Soto close to five hundred million. No way. And I said, who's the one guy that's got to go? Manny. I said Tatis. I don't think you get rid of Manny. Manny's Man, a baller. And he's, probably, he's I think Manny Machado will be a Hall of Famer. I'm not a big Manny fan ever since Josh Donaldson should have decked him there at Camden Yards, remember that, when he started popping off to J.D. J.D. should have just smoked him. But neither here nor there. I think in the end Manny Machado, Manny Machado will probably sniff 3,000 hits. He's going to have 400 home runs, right? Let me
3: pull it up real quick.
2: Manny Machado is is like a mini A-Rod. He's got A-Rod type talent. And A-Rod should be a Hall of Fame. Don't t- don't tell me what happens in the last
3: episode of the Captain. I haven't watched it yet.
2: I uh, I'm only on episode three. I think so. Manny
3: has 271 career homers and he has 1500 um, almost 1550 hits. He's 1540. What's his RBIs? Uh, 816.
2: Yeah, remember he was a shortstop. These are incredible numbers.
3: Eight, eight, uh 830 career OPS and a 124 OPS plus.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't take these type numbers. An 8:30 career OPS from a guy who's played middle infield and now third base, Manny Machado, Manny Machado will be a baseball Hall of Famer. Agreed. Yeah, I think so. Uh, real quick. Now I'm not saying he ends his career with the Padres. He, I, they may ship that contract out. But. Let's
3: see. Nando played 130 games last year. Um, Is he going to play this year? And he's going to miss games next year. So how many games are left right now? Oh, uh, what under sixty. So he'll be back like maybe May of next year. Hey, Lisa's wrist will be healed. Oh wow! So there's that. Well,
2: maybe send Bob a text. See how he's doing? Oh, my brother. <laughs>
3: no, no, Bob, Bob Melvin.
2: Oh no. Uh, my brother will be in panic mode. I can tell you that. They were. Hey, by the way, as the Yankees were sizing up their World Series rings. In June, Padres were just si- sizing up their World Series rings. How's that work? Uh, oh. I don't have it. You but don't have the panic button? Come on. This is the perfect time. When I
3: transferred everything
2: over, I guess it didn't It didn't go. But we got to go. All right.
3: Uh, what do we have next? Uh, well, we, we have four minutes of Ace Total Access. So
2: Oh, we got to go. Coming up next, Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Robert Ford from the Houston Astros, outstanding. Uh, Bobby Crosby, manager of Midland. Outstanding, And, of course, Mark Kotze and the Mark Kotze Show. We'll see everybody on Monday. What time? 2 o'clock, same time. 2 o'clock on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.
5: Hey, Ace fans, your athletics are back in town, and we're kicking off the series with a boom. That's right. Post-game fireworks presented by Lagunitas are back after Friday night's matchup against the Mariners. Friday, August 19th, join us at the ballpark when the A's take on the Mariners and then head down to the field to see the best fireworks display in the Bay. August 19th, fireworks presented by Lagunitas. Tickets start at just $15 and are available at athletics.com. That's athletics.com.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all in one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits.